I have a question for you. Okay. I maybe have an answer. What's your for beef you? with pie? My beef with pie. You saw that I voted yeah, I on saw the you youth. voted anti-pie on our Instagram <laughs> poll. I, I didn't grow up eating a lot of pie. My mom doesn't bake a lot of pies. Okay. So and pumpkin pie, it's almost like too like I don't know spicy is not the right word but it has so many spices in it okay. that it's almost too kind of savory for me okay. so so what you're saying is pie is just too good for you <laughs> <laughs> it's too complex of a dessert for me all right welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast we're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning this is Patrick Nazaroff uh with me not as always but with me today mm. Cassandra Nagel hello everyone and no David or Elise they are not here yeah yeah so it's we're recording the week of Thanksgiving and everybody's like on vacation, I guess except spending us. time with family. Yeah, yeah, we're just we're holding down the fort here. Yes. Yeah, and we're gonna here to record this podcast for a second time. For the second time, <laughs> yes. Yeah. We pre-recorded and then it uh, there's some issues with sound and now we're coming back yep. and redoing it. So Pastor David was here for the first run, but not here for the second run. We'll try to see if we can remember all of his uh, insights. Yeah. So we hope everybody had a, a happy Thanksgiving. I hope. Because this comes out after Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You uh, are going to Dallas. I am. I'm going to Dallas on Thursday to watch the Dallas Cowboys play okay. the New York Giants. So I hope that they win. What do you think? Call it in right now. Do they win? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Did okay. you see them play on Sunday? No, of course not. <laughs> they they demolished the Minnesota Vikings, Great. who uh, only had one loss at the time. So right. they should win. There you go. America's team. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, and you will not have a traditional Thanksgiving meal, so pie I will probably not, not even. Gonna I will be not. We're going to eat. We're going to eat at a steakhouse, and then on the way home from the from the game, we have Whataburger. So it's a very. Uh, I'd rather have that than the <laughs> I hate them. There were a couple years we did Whataburger both ways. Okay, yeah. I've, I've talked about it before, but I do not like the Thanksgiving meal. I think it's bad. Yeah, so. our Thanksgiving will be on Friday. Okay. Yeah. What about you? What are you doing with your family? Uh, my wife and I are going to be celebrating with our in-laws. That's so. great. Well, my in-laws, not her in-laws. So. <laughs> Her, her laws, I guess. Her, her, her relations. Her relations, yes. 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 So uh, that's what we're doing. Okay. Yeah. I, I think we are doing a traditional Thanksgiving. Meal. Okay. Yeah, okay. We'll enjoy the pie. Because I don't think anybody wanted to cook, which is fair. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It is. All right. Um, let's get into this since we're doing this for the second time. Um, so you don't, do you like turkey? You don't I like, do like turkey. Okay, I don't. Yeah. Like I, like, I like dark meat turkey. Okay. Yeah. Turkey's too dry. That's why you douse it in gravy. Yeah, but if you have to douse it in gravy, how Well, if it's is dry, it? then it probably wasn't cooked properly. It's always but... dry. No matter how it's cooked, it's always a dry meat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, but do you like chicken? I do like chicken. A lot. Hey, chicken news. Two weeks in a row. Some chicken okay, news. Okay, here we go. Okay. Uh, man who ate 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days has it felt like the right thing to do. So do you like rotisserie chicken? Uh, I, I do. Sure. I don't know if I like it enough to eat it... 40 days in a row. Yeah. That's a lot of chicken. A lot of rotisserie chicken. Yeah. 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 I wonder if you like put different sauces or stuff on it every yeah. day, right? Like the, the H-E-B near us has different kinds. Like there's like a lemon pepper, a oh, classic, nice. maybe a barbecue lemon rotisserie yeah. chicken. So they have Because you'd get sick of it if it was the same kind every day, don't I you think? I think you'd get sick of it no matter what, but yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. Alexander Tominsky. Um doesn't know why he decided to eat 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days. He simply felt compelled by a force inside. Do you think this was a spiritual thing? Is Jesus well, leading him to eat 40 chickens in 40 days? I mean, 40 is like an important number, right? We hear about Jesus being in the wilderness sure. for 40 days. Yeah. So the Israelites I, were provided. I'm not going to say it wasn't the Holy Spirit, but I'm not going <laughs> to say it was either. It's yeah. up to God to decide. 
Yeah, uh, the Israelites provided quail in the desert. That's so true. It's kind of like a chicken. Yeah, a smaller chicken. I mean, yeah. it's a bird. So yeah, it's a fowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, that's a long time to eat a, a lot of chicken. What is there any food you would eat for forty days in a row? Um, I don't know. I'd want to eat like a verse. I mean, eggs. I could probably eat eggs for forty days in a row because there's so many ways you can prepare them yeah. and eat them. You know. Sure. I can do so. Yeah, I like eggs a lot. So. Yeah. Uh, and I can eat breakfast tacos every day. So oh, okay. Fun. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he ate his 40th chicken surrounded by a crowd um, of people mm. in Philadelphia. This is in Philadelphia, by the way. Um, excited to chant, eat that bird while he ate his 40th chicken. Um, dozens of Philadelphians surrounded him. Dozens. As he ate his, his last chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Almost as many listeners as we have. Maybe more. Wow. Yeah. If only we could apart. I wonder together. how he developed yeah. that following. Um, well, through through Twitter. He was tweeting his his project, and I guess it just caught on. You know, people were excited to see the chicken man. That's how he goes by in Philadelphia. Uh, eat his rotisserie chickens. Mm. So was he eating all of them in public or just that last one? I think just last that one. Last like, one. This was like a celebration. Okay. Uh, he advertised it on Twitter of... Come watch him eat this chicken on the abandoned pier near the Walmart. <laughs> well, it's like the it's like the scene or you know like the the backdrop for a like a horror movie. Yes, like a... I guess so. There's probably mafia dudes dumping bodies in the river, yeah, and he's yeah. eating his chicken on the abandoned pier near the Walmart. That's kind of interesting because you think about it. Like oftentimes around piers, there's um, birds. Right. That's true. So, so that's kind of uh, in your face. Yeah, birds. a little bit. Yeah. This could be you yes. on my plate here. Yeah. So let me ask you. You tell your parents, your friends, you know, your family, mm-hmm. your loved ones. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to go down to the abandoned pier near the Walmart. Yeah. To watch a dude eat a chicken. <laughs> What's the response are you getting? I think they would uh, question my life choices. Yeah. If I ask my wife, and she's a listener, like, do you want to go with me to the abandoned pier near the Walmart? We're going to watch this dude eat a chicken. And I'm trying to think about, is it live? Yeah. No. Because at least that would be like, oh, oh that's interesting. Right. I'm right. not sure I want to watch that, but at least interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah this is just watching a dude eat a rotisserie chicken. I think my mom would be like, on your way home, can you pick up these things for me at Walmart? You know? Sure, <laughs> like, you make make the trip more kind of... Maybe you got the rotisserie chicken at the Walmart. Maybe yeah. That's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, picked one up, got yeah. it hot and fresh. It's and a then... super Walmart. It has the, the grocery store. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is something else. Uh, there was a magical moment, though. Uh, a bee flew around the chicken, landed, took a little piece, and worked its butt off to fly away with a little mor- mor- morsel of the poultry. <laughs> and everybody in the audience just started screaming. And that's when I knew that this was something special. This isn't just someone eating chicken. There you go. That's hmm. a quote from an onlooker. Wow. <laughs> so. They got in. I mean, they interviewed someone there. This is quite the, it's been quite the event. That, yeah, it's, it's something special. It's not just somebody eating chicken. Um, in no surprise, if asked if he'd ever eat another rotisserie chicken, Alexander said, no, no, never. Pretty sure I'm traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> but he stuck to his commitment that he... He's created to no one and nothing. Right, that yeah. Means, completely meaningless. He at least did it. Yeah. I wonder if he, you know, was on day 17, you know, and was like, oh, this is going pretty well. I wonder if I can make it to, yeah. you know, I wonder how he reached the goal of 40. He did say he did not start off thinking I'm going to get to 40. It just okay. kind of came. 
Like, okay. So, so first it was to 30 days, and at 30 days, he's like, I can do 10 more. Oh, I see. Okay. Or I said, I didn't feel enough pain, so I took I it to didn't 40. Feel enough pain. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it is some sort of like, like spiritual practice, sure. like the opposite of fasting. We could bring this into Lord of Life during Lent. 40 I, days. Yeah, 40 days, 40, 40 rotisserie chickens. chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Send us in a picture of you and your loved ones consuming a uh, rotisserie like, chicken. You give up things. Now we're adding things. Right. Up. You're adding rotisserie chicken. Yeah, or it's plate. like, it's like the, you know, I mean, I guess Advent isn't quite, you know, it's not 40 days, but, you know, every day you, you open up the, the Advent calendar. What flavor rotisserie chicken <laughs> sure. am I going to eat today? Okay, I like it. A rotisserie chicken Advent calendar. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we could market this. This could be a new thing. Okay. Lord Life can put on. Yeah. Uh, Let's just do it for all the seasons. For sure. And then we'll have only rotisserie chicken at the pig roast. It'll be the uh, rotisserie chicken roast. Yeah, I think it, it works. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. You know? yeah. So if any of our listeners want to take on the rotisserie chicken challenge, I think, you know, by the time this comes out, you almost have enough between now and the, the new year to mm-hmm. eat. Or, not quite 40, I don't think. You'll but you close. can get close. So you, you can get eat 31 in December. From so. now until... Um, and we tell you, know, there's still a few more days in November when this releases. So, yeah. so you're getting close. Yeah, you can definitely get to close to New Year's on rotisserie chickens. Yeah. So. And uh, and if you want to eat it at the abandoned pier, we'll be there. We'll bring right. the podcast to you. There, there we go. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Coming at you live from the abandoned pier at a <laughs> on <one>. Lake Conroe. <laughs> well, there's some in the Galveston area, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Just come down on my side of town yeah. and. Yeah. All right. We'll go to Schlitterbahn afterwards. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the podcast down the slide. Down the slide. We're on a water slide. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's get to our main topic here from Relevant. Okay. okay. Um, safety and peace aren't the same thing by Jonathan Holmes. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? It's a title. It's kind of a boring title. It's kind of a boring title. Yeah. Yeah. When I was uh, editor of the, new, the school newspaper, no big deal, uh, mm-hmm. I wrote all the headlines for all of our stuff. That was my, oh, wow. what I did. Okay. I lay out the headlines was, I, was what I really did. By the time we get to the end of this conversation, maybe you'll have an idea of what the title should have been instead um, of this. We'll see. I'll, I'll see what I can think of. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, but, you know, let's take, a, let's take a gander here. What Jonathan sure. Holmes wants to tell us about safety and peace. Uh, so first off, you know, we're talking about safety. Uh, we all want to be safe. Uh, it's a value for safety and security as American as apple pie, which Cassandra hates. Um, so oftentimes we just had an election season a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a campaign thing is on crime. It always is a big deal um, for crime to be kind of a big thing that we're campaigning against. Like we got to preserve against crime. Crime is always bad. Even yeah. though crime has been dropping for 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to talk about crime no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and so safety is a big thing um, that we're kind of always pushed to the forefront um, from our elections, probably through your next door. Uh, there's mm. a, a whole yeah. safety section that you yeah. can click on for all the crime news in your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, neighborhood watch Facebook groups are really big yeah. as well. Are you involved yeah. in a neighborhood watch Facebook group? I'm not, but I have family members who are. And, sure. you know, I mean, that's where people post pictures of the cars that are driving too fast. Sure. And here's a know, guy. He knocked on my door. Right. Probably yeah. This is my, you know, ring yeah. camera footage, you yeah. know, watch out yeah. for so-and-so. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, but, and I think Jonathan Holmes will get into this, the pursuit of safety is not ultimately what we as a church and Christian should ultimately strive for, he's going to argue for peace instead, which is similar 
and can have kind of a in a Venn diagram. There's definitely an overlap, mm. uh, but it calls us to something I think a little bit differently. And I think he's going to argue that. We'll see if he gets there. Yeah, uh, that piece is going to be more important. So uh, he is going to quote Jessa Crispin. Do you know who that is? I have heard of Jessica Crispin, but I have not read the book that is uh, cited yeah. here. So, author of Why I Am Not a Feminist, which I have not read. I have not read it either. Yes. It's a little bit more intriguing of a I did title. Google it because, yeah, I was like, let's take, what's this? You know, this is In, dur- After our first pod- podcast take, you looked into the, the book a little well, bit? Well, I Googled it before it. Oh, okay. Know? Just a quick Google. I did very little research. Mm. Because especially it's like, why I'm not a feminist? And that's a girl speaking. Yeah. Wow, that's weird, right? Like, yeah. uh, But ultimately, she, I think, based on my, my brief Google search, comes mm-hmm. to the conclusion, like, feminism doesn't go, like, far enough. Mm. So, but that's based on my quick Google search. I've not read it. I'm not familiar with Jessica Crispin, so don't quote me on anything. Um, but she argues that safety is a surface-level cleanliness. And that safety looks like a city bragging about how and clean it is while, it, while its jails are filled with marginalized people who have been criminalized by punitive laws. All right. So I think that's an interesting thing. Like it's a safety at the expense of, you know, mar- the marginalized, the poor, yeah. the homeless um, is not really safety. You know, it's kind of a veneer of safety, right? Because right. like, it's safety for me, but not for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think sometimes that is what we're going to get into. Like a big problem here is... The pursuit of safety almost always is, I want to make sure me and mine are safe. And that sometimes it means other people are not. Right. Yeah. It or, comes at the expense of yeah. relationships. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so whatever that looks like, uh, whether that's, you know, arguing about should we live in a gated community? Mm-hmm. Um, do we need, you know, to make sure anybody who knocks on our doors, we call the police because it's probably a criminal, mm. you know, or are we constantly obsessing over the evening news when we discuss crime or things like that. It kind of creates this, like, we need to kind of, like, circle the wagons and keep us safe and the people in my tribe safe. Um, and that usually means all the others mm-hmm. need to be, well, prosecuted, locked up, put in jail, whatever it takes to kind of keep me safe. Yeah. Um, so peace is going to ultimately... Um, call us to something a little bit differently. So he's going to outline seven things here, right? Or anything else in that that top part that I missed here that that you that that you wanted to highlight? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think we'll we'll kind of get into it here with the seven yeah. points. I tell you these seven. Uh, I think he does a pretty good job of explaining and kind of building upon. And some are just kind of like, here's a sentence. Yeah, some of them I think could be a whole article in themselves. Yeah, and then like, least. and he just kind of moves on pretty quickly. Yeah. So here we go. Safety was never a focus of Jesus's teaching. Agreed. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, what do we think about this first point? As Christians, you know, you're church worker, pastor. Yeah. Do you preach about safety? I don't think so. Yeah. Not specifically. Yeah. It's not a. It's not a word that I can think of. You know. Oh, there's this Bible verse that talks specifically about safety. safety. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oftentimes not, uh, especially when we get into Jesus. I mean, Jesus is classically um, almost always, you know, spending time with the kind of the fringes of society. Yeah. Uh, the, the poor, the outcasts, the prostitutes, uh, the lepers, mm. those that would be unsafe, whether yeah. they're from a health standpoint or a safety standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, that they would be that, um, not people that polite society would want to be around or yeah. want, they would want to keep on the outskirts of town. Uh, and when Jesus kind of tells 
uh, disciples in the parable of the sheep and goats. Where is Jesus going to be present? Where are they going to meet him? With the poor, the marginalized, and the criminals. Yeah. Uh, those in prison are where Jesus is. Um, so it's kind of always saying, like, Jesus is going to be there um, in the midst of maybe even unsafe spaces. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesus is, is, is more likely to be found, according to Jesus himself, than yeah. gated communities mm. um, or all wasps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still trying to think on this like idea of where it talks about safety in the Bible and I guess the the word that comes to my mind is like comfort, right? We yeah. think about comfort mm-hmm. a lot um and what makes us comfortable or uncomfortable. Yeah. Um and I don't know if comfort is an equivalent to safety, but I think oftentimes at least for me, like I interpret a feeling of comfort as being safe, sure. right? Like if I feel comfortable in a space, right? Like in my room, yeah. I assume that I'm safe. And that's not always, but that's not always the case. Yeah. 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 Um, in the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, have you read the Chronicles of Narnia? I have. It's been yeah. quite a while, but yeah. yeah. I read it as a kid. So there's some movies. Yeah. I think Netflix is remaking them. Oh, really? Or Disney Plus, one of those streamers. Yeah. We'll see. I think they're better books than movies. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. But. Um, but in the, in the, in the things, there's these four children, they're whisked away to Narnia and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which is the first and kind of the biggest and most popular. Uh, and they're told that there's this king character named Aslan who kind of represents Jesus in the Chronicles of Narnia. They're not like a strict allegory, but they kind of, uh, mm-hmm. a reimagining of the, the Jesus story in mm-hmm. a fictionalized way. Uh, and Aslan is a lion and he represents Jesus and they're going to told that they're going to go meet. Aslan, who's a lion. And mm-hmm. they're told this by some beavers. And these children are like, um, I'm not sure about this, right? Like, I don't know if I want to meet a lion because they're asking the question, is that safe? Yeah. And the beavers go, no, of course he's not safe, but he's good. And I think that's a, uh, a great way to always kind of approach what Jesus calls us to do is not necessarily safe, but it is always good. Mm. Um, and, you know, that that is where Jesus is, is places that are in good places, but they're not always necessarily safe places. So yeah. um, that's point of one. So Jesus is not, not super concerned with our physical safety. Yeah. So. It makes me think about, have you heard kind of conversations that, that have gone on about the difference between safe space and brave space? So it was something that I really got more familiar with when I was in seminary, but, but um, folks would explain that like, um, for members of the LGBTQ community, for people of color, um, entering into spaces that are predominantly um, like filled with people who are, you know, in uh, heterosexual marriages, right? If you step in as someone who's gay, there might not be opportunity for you to be who you are, right? Yeah. In that in that space, so you step in with bravery um, and have to sort of create safety within that situation. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thinking about how there are not spaces that are always physically safe, right? When we carry identity markers that are um, not not the ones that hold power or um, priority yeah. um, in the community. So that's what I'm thinking of too, right? Like these kids mm. had to enter. They, they knew they weren't safe going to this space, sure. um, being vulnerable humans in relationship to this mm. lion, but um, bravely stepped in and, and yeah. I mean, built a relationship that was, I think, quite positive, right? I sure. Mean, enough yeah. to write more books. They in the saved Narnia. Yeah, so, yes. yeah. It works <laughs> out in the end, but yeah. yeah. 
Um, safety, here's point number two. Safety does not make people more generous or loving. Okay. What do we think? I think it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, if this is the end-all, be-all for you, if, like, this is what you're most concerned mm. about and that is the most important thing, um, then, yeah, I don't think you're, this is you're going to end up in a more loving and more generous space. Mm-hmm. Now, I think, you know, um, some listeners out there might be like, hey, safety really matters. And that's true. It does yeah. matter. Like, oh, I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want to diminish the idea of safety, you know, especially um, at the time of recording, you know, we're still kind of learning about, like, Shooting in Colorado yeah. Uh, yeah. at an LGBTQ club. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, safety matters in yeah. that community and in that space. Uh, and if there is crime in your neighborhood or if your car is broken into, it's yeah. easy to feel like really vulnerable and like really like scared. It, that, that's yeah. okay. Like safety does matter. But the idea of safety as kind of like the goal mm-hmm. is where we get lost. And mm-hmm. I think, and I think that's why we're ultimately going to land on here. What? Jonathan is going to ultimately give us here is we should be pursuing peace instead of safety because mm-hmm. peace looks differently. Again, that Venn diagram, there's, there's an overlap, but this leads us in a new direction. So, yeah, I think if we're most concerned about keeping me and mine safe, we're not going to be very generous or loving to the outer, to the outside tribes. Yeah. You know, those are, those are not uh, within, you know, who I consider me and mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this I think this makes sense. All right, let's go to the third one here. Safety literally kills. Okay. This is interesting here. Yeah. Um, so when Christians have advocated for safety, it has resulted in countless number of people being killed both domestically and internationally. See, this is the one that I'm like, this is an interesting statement. Yeah. And I think he needed a little bit more to back this up. Mm-hmm. We needed some, give me some, uh, some stats, some stories to something more than just like, it's really like three sentences long yeah. like this whole thing. And I think this is the one that I think you could have done a little better job of. Um, but we can say sometimes their effort to keep like America safe mm-hmm. results oftentimes in other people halfway around the globe being killed. Right. You know, and those are people that we've never met, that they have maybe never come to America. Right. Maybe you have no ill will at all. But they're fighting for their nations and things like that, yeah. you know, and they end up dying, you know, def- either defending their homeland or in um, a pursuit to defend their homeland. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're even working on the bad team, but they're not necessarily bad themselves. Right. Yeah. Like they don't know. Um, so even in the in the best way that we could look at global war, mm-hmm. um, innocent people are killed in pursuit yeah. of safety. You know, right. that's just the reality. Uh, and that's, in, again, that's in the best way to look at that. There's mm-hmm. much more complex and ugly ways we can. And I think the same can be said here. We don't necessarily have war in the streets, right? Mm. Um, but in pursuit of my safety, that may mean a higher level of incarceration for those that look differently than me. Right. Um, um, and that's usually based off of fear and, uh, you know, prejudice yeah. that, that, that comes into the system. So, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. Well, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, he says when Christians have advocated for safety, it has resulted in countless numbers of people being killed domestically and internationally. And I mean, recording, you know, after this shooting that happened in Colorado Springs, right? Sort of the, I would say the, um, majority voice coming from Christian contexts within the United States 
would not be advocating for safety of the LGBTQ community. Sure. Um, at least within their own spaces. Um, yeah. So it's interesting, too, because I'm thinking, you know, it's not just when Christians as a group, in, you know, specifically have advocated for safety, but um, I'm, I'm just, I'm reflecting on that and sure. wrestling with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, you know, again, uh, I think I think we're getting into this idea of, like, if my safety matters most, mm-hmm. it's going to come at the expense of someone else and potentially result in someone's death, death. destruction, or uh, unjust incarceration. Like, it'll always yeah. kind of result in kind of um, oppression if, if my safety matters more than our safety. Yeah, um, and the preservation of my safety sure. is, right, like celebrated yeah. and encouraged, yeah. not just tolerated. All right, so now we're going to transition here in the article towards peace. What does peace look like? So peace defends those who are oppressed. Um, so this means instead of, you know, building fences or uh, locking, you know, stronger locks, it means addressing and attending the needs of the marginalized in society. So, um, yeah, I think this is kind of interesting, right? Like this, mm-hmm. this idea of like peace uh, defends those who are oppressed would mean... We know statistically you're most likely to result to crime or, um, you know, criminal behavior if you are living in poverty. Mm. And so this says, well, we can either segregate even further those who are in poverty, you know, build walls between us and those who are in poverty, or Mm -hmm. let's get at the root causes that lead people to poverty, mm-hmm. uh, whether they're born there or through choices not of their own, or mm-hmm. choices of their own. How do we fix people? How do we bring people out of that? Right. And that helps all of us stay safer. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not just well, poor people are usually more likely to be criminals. So let's keep them over there. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think peace just gives us uh, defends those who are going to be oppressed, especially because there's a lot of people living in poverty who are true victims of crime mm-hmm. and oppression yeah, who are absolutely. not criminals, you know, absolutely. but who have to truly live next door to them, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, um, that makes it much more harder to find ways out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, peace gives Christians an opportunity to be challenged and learn from others. What do you think about this? I like this because it, uh, I think points to, uh, our need to be in relationship with folks. Yeah. Um, which, is what makes embodying peace, right? Or using peace, you know, like we, uh, we'll, we'll talk about on Sunday in our, in our Advent journey, you know, we're wrestling with using mm-hmm. peace, not just mm-hmm. having peace. Yeah. Um, and so we can't be challenged and we can't learn from others unless we're, you know, talking to people and engaging sure. with people and hearing their stories and um, hopefully, you know, growing in empathy, you yeah. know? And absolutely. I mean, I think it ultimately, hopefully, the pursuit of peace will lead us out of our own comfort and safety mm-hmm. zones uh, into places that are unsafe, but again, like we kind of mentioned, better good. And yeah. one of the good things is to work with, learn from others, from other different walks of life, different economic statuses, different mm-hmm. uh, points of view, and say, like, how can we partner together to create something bigger and better than what we have right now? Yeah. Uh, instead of how can this these people be exploited so I get something bigger and right. better, 
or you know, how can we make something better for all of us? Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's important. I'm assuming that uh, a number of our listeners are aware of the kind of ongoing situation in the, in the, the Holy Land, yeah. um, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And when I visited the Holy Land with some folks from my school um, pre-pandemic, we were able to be present for um, like, a, like a circle conversation that happened between, mm-hmm. it was like three or four um, uh, Israeli folks and three or four Palestinian folks. And mm-hmm. they sat together in the same room and shared their stories, right? Yeah. Like about their life and the way that um, they're all, you know, living in the midst of violence, right? And what that looks like for them in their, um, uh, you know, practices as Jews, practices as Palestinian Christians, what does this look like? And so that was really fascinating, you know. Um, there was no, you know, resolution and, sure. you know, there weren't, you know, you know, ends to the conflict, but to be in relationship with each other and to sit in the same room and hear someone else's story, um, that was really powerful for me to, to witness. And I wonder what that um, could look like yeah. within our communities, right? Mm-hmm. Like even within our faith communities where we don't all think the same or interpret the Bible the same way or, mm-hmm. you know, vote the same. You know, we, sure. have, we have those differences even within our community here at Lord of Life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I think I read something about this conflict that I found interesting. Like some group did mm-hmm. a little bit of an experiment where they would go to different other Palestinians or um, Israelis and, and kind of present like peace talks, yeah. uh, but but disguise them in a sense. Like if so, mm. this was kind of like proposals from the Palestinian side. They would go to the Israel uh, people living in Israel and be like, these are some of the proposals that we've heard from different like Israeli scholars. What do mm. you think? Mm-hmm. And they would typically be on board. Mm. You know, like they, they would like a lot of the things that were there. Yeah. But if, if they're if they're hearing it's from the Palestinian side, sure. it's like they're immediately shut off. Sure. And I think that this is part of this piece that gives us this challenge to yeah. be learned from others is we have to say like we have to be willing to humble ourselves and be like, you know, yeah. like, uh, it's my ideas aren't always the best ideas. And, sure. Yeah. And sometimes I need to be aware of that. Yeah. And so I, I always found that kind of interesting that this ultimately tribalism is just such yeah. a big force in every situation. Yeah. And so willing to break from that is is so important. Yeah. Because um, I think that that ultimately guides us to something better. In, in heaven, there are no tribes. Yeah. Uh, That's very interesting. You yeah. know, do you listen to CNN or do you listen to Fox News? Right. I mean, sure. we have those yeah. internal biases where. You know, if you get a notification on your phone or, you know, that you see on your ads in your Facebook timeline, you know, do you trust the information? You know, do you continue reading if it's from a source that you, you know, have an idea about their message and things like that? So that's interesting. All right. Our last one. Uh, Safety will always be temporary. Peace can be sustainable. All right. So this is interesting here. Yeah. Uh, Because I think, again, like. I think we're talking about some complex stuff, mm-hmm. like some real like social issues. Mm-hmm. And I like relevant. I think we use them a lot. I don't think that this is really the real house to like really get into like a lot of complex social issues with sure. deep diving investigation. I feel like this should yeah. be a deep diving. Like this should be this article of safety versus peace and some of the points that Jonathan is bringing up. Honestly, this should be, you know, 20 pages long kind of mm. thing. Like, this should be a long journalistic This thing. should be a uh, doctoral dissertation, yeah. you're thinking? Or this, this should be yeah, a New York Times piece or from the Atlantic, something like really in-depth, mm. really long that we're really diving into mm-hmm. instead of, like, it takes four minutes to read. Mm-hmm. And it's got, like, a bunch of bullet points. Because this is one of those ones. Like, I want to know, like, I need more information from him to say, like, how can you tell me safety will always be temporary? 
even if I don't disagree, yeah. I want more than just that sentence. You know, like... Yeah. I get really suspicious when words like always or never yeah. are in are in things like this. Um, because to me, you know, reading safety will always be... That will always be temporary. I have, like, an immediate reaction sure. to that. And I and I don't know if that's helpful in sort of the the what I think is the hope yeah. of this article to be wrestling with you know safety and peace yeah so I will say you know one of the things I'll draw from this that I do agree with sometimes the ideas of safety or security are quick fixes to complex problems and I do think that that makes sense like when we uh, our politicians are campaigning they're usually proposing quick fixes to complex problems mm-hmm. and usually they're even like generalities of like like we need to lock up the criminals mm-hmm Great. Like, like that, that is not, like, that's a quick fix to a complex problem mm-hmm. of poverty and crime, what that means. Or we need to be tough on crime. Right. What does that mean exactly? You know, like, how is one tough on crime? Like, nobody's out there being like, you know what, we need to be soft on crime. Like, right. nobody's saying the opposite of this, you know, this mentality. You know, but, like, complex issues like, what does bail reform look like? Mm-hmm. What is overcrowding in prison populations or private prisons or... Why do we need to criminalize minor drug offenses? And sometimes mm-hmm. that leads to um, more violent criminals being released or being, yeah. uh, you know, not convicted of the, the greatest sins because our prisons are overpopulated. You know, mm-hmm. like how do we address those issues? Are much more complex than a slogan or a billboard. Yeah. You know, and so I do think like this, like quick fix safety, does not actually make us one. It doesn't actually make us safer. Mm. And two, it doesn't. It ignores what really is going on in our society. So I do agree with that. I wish that this this article has like it, this feels like there's just so much more that we could dive into mm-hmm. that we're just not getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with you. I think the word always is just always a little sus in, mm-hmm. uh, in journalistic practice, mm-hmm. practices because it's not always temporary, right? Yeah. Sometimes it is. You know, lasts a long time. Right. Uh, so peace can be sustainable. Again, I agree. I wish we got some examples. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is how peace does sustain our things like that and um and hopefully you know we can get some better examples as we move forward in life but kind of um i'm i'm uh, i'm whelmed you know by this yeah yeah Yeah, i mean my my worry is that it's really easy to just do a you know replace all Sure. You know, function in your vocabulary and anywhere that you normally would say safety, just re- replace it with peace. Yeah, for you sure. know, and so um, I think yeah, that the how piece and you know maybe the the goal of this you know short article is like you need to now go out and yeah be peace. You know, yeah. use peace and embody that within the community, but um, it can't just be a a, a simple change of terms. Um, there actually have to be some uh, tangible actions uh and so you know how are we as a faith community called to um live out that kind of posture of peace and help bring that about in our communities oh yeah absolutely i'm with you i think that this um this hopefully can lead us to greater questions and wrestling Mm -hmm. i think it's not this this relevant here this article is not going to give us real solutions like it's not going to tell us like how do we avoid the traps of you know Band-Aid fixes to complex problems. How mm-hmm. do we um, avoid the the idols of safety in our own families and mm-hmm. lives? How do we, you know, 
seek out, you know solutions outside of our own tribe to protect and to make sure our our are um, valued and, and to free the oppressed. But it hopefully gives us a place to like, how can I wrestle with this a little deeper? Mm-hmm. And what are ways that I've made safety an idol in my own life? And what are ways that I could pursue a peaceful life better? Mm-hmm. One that seeks the good of all. Uh, and there's not any easy answers here. And I don't think that it's like, well, I listened to Beyonce the podcast and now I'm ready to go. Um, We've solved the problems of the world <laughs> here. <laughs> yes, if only everyone could listen to this 40-ish minute podcast, <laughs> then we would get it, right? Mm, you know, yeah. it just is not going to happen. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the relevant article here. Any last thoughts? Let's go out and use peace, people. Use peace, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're wanting to know a little more, uh, our, yesterday, when this podcast was released, mm-hmm. we talked about peace in church. So you can we go did. to lolonline.org and find that sermon. Is that you or Pastor David? Uh, it'll be Pastor David. Okay, so you can hear David's thoughts. He's not here in the studio, so mm-hmm. you can hear his thoughts on peace yeah. uh, and what that looks like. All right, it always gets a little awkward when uh, when I have to like shut this down because I, I would stop paying attention when Pastor David does this. So I don't really remember what he says, but like I guess if you like this, I don't know. Share it. Talk to us. We're on. We're online somewhere. Beyondsundaypodcast.com. Podcast.com. Yeah. I think it's beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. And Facebook. Y'all are on Facebook. You don't really do much of that Facebook, <laughs> but we're there. We're not very good at the social media side of the of the podcast. Maybe that's why we only have dozens of listeners. We're bad at marketing. Ourselves. We have we have supportive listeners though. We have we have great listeners. Yeah, we our, do. Yeah, our listeners may be few, but they are mine. All right, mm-hmm. we're like uh, mm-hmm. Gideon's army in the Book of Judges. Okay, okay, okay. I'm calling a us out. very specific yes. reference. <laughs> well, small but mighty, right? Yeah. We've got our lanterns and our you know, torches stubbed in in, uh, in lantern and uh, jars. There we go. Okay. And foxes with like their tails tied together. It's kind of interesting story. We've, For another podcast episode. We've, we've covered Judges on another podcast episode. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Judges is an interesting book. All right. Uh, well, if you liked what you heard, um, yeah, share it, whatever we liked you. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday. And we hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. And now we're in Advent. So happy Advent. Happy Advent. Here we are. Yes. Enjoy your rotisserie chickens from now until the New Year's. Let us yeah. know how that goes. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs>